What do Shakespeare and Mean Girls have in common? Welcome to The Parent Perception, a show where we take the boring out of boring text. This is episode one, Textual Integrity. I'm your host, Raphia, so let's get into it. Now, why do some texts resonate throughout the ages? More specifically, why is King Henry V still taught today? The famous playwright constantly utilizes concepts relevant for his time period and ours. Shakespeare's ideas of consistency in marital morals and values can reflect this inquiry. In the beginning of the play, Shakespeare barely references marriage or marital values. The lack of discourse within the women is purposely done to frame the amount of power they have in marital relationships. Shakespeare portrays women as what bonds kingdoms, which is uncommon in the Elizabethan era where women had little rights and were insignificant. Pretty harsh, right? He does this through a Renaissance humanist king who, unlike any of his other kings, switches between verse and prose. This subversive aesthetic allows King Henry to indulge in worldly pledges such as being romantic, to put it nicely, with women. The alliances through marriage are equivalent to giving a child candy to stop their tantrum, temporary solutions. This text endures because there are modern day examples of these values and situations. During the rising action, the chorus recounted how the king doth offer Catherine, his daughter, an unprofitable dukedoms, to which Henry declines. The structure highlights how easily and how common it is to bid off women. Now, I don't know about you, but I would much rather not be defined as a property of a man. His Machiavellian morals, which basically relates to narcissism, egocentrism, and manipulation, pushed him to go to war and to prove himself to the French. This is mirrored with Regina George in a modern setting with her I get what I want sort of morality. Towards the end of the play, Shakespeare explicitly entangles the complexity of history with the complexity of love. At the end of the five-act structure, we see denouement, or the falling action, depicted by the wooing scene, or Henry's proposal. I love thee cruelly. The oxymoron shows that even though Henry is aware of the amount of bloodshed that has happened for this moment, he lets his guard down and shows vulnerability, and that he too, like anyone else, knows how to love. Isn't that cute? This scene shows that conflicts can be resolved through marital or new familial bonds. Now, please don't make fun of my French, but au bon Dieu, les langues des hommes sont pleines de tromperies, which translates to, oh good God, the tongues of men are full of deceit, uses duologue and French for a dramatic effect. Catherine's lack of fear for Henry demonstrates the idea that humans are multifaceted and have changing morals and values. The point being made is that love disarms critical faculties and strips away violence. A question remains, however. Does Henry truly love Catherine? To this I say, no. As texts of this time focus largely on love at first sight, especially to fit in within the time frame of the play, much like Romeo and Juliet, or in a modern audience like The Notebook, or even Mean Girls with the well-known Katie Heron and Aaron Samuels. I personally believe this is realistically a stretch, but it shows what people truly value, whether they want to marry someone or just be a hopeless romantic for a second. The impulsiveness of characters like Henry V engage the audience by creating an almost superficial fairy tale illusion that is accepted throughout generations. Because who doesn't want that fairy tale ending, that happily ever after? And so it resonates. Shakespeare takes textual integrity, specifically morals and values, to then pass it on through his plays so future audiences like you and I can understand it. Texts can endure through the representation of their values in a different setting, just like King Henry V and Mean Girls. Before we end, I have one last question. Was this podcast so fetch?